Not heard the latest about pooping prime ministers? What podcast have you been listening to? Because it definitely isn't the Totally Buzz podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and totallybuzz.co.uk. So what are you waiting for? Tune in now to hear all the latest news from around the web on the Totally Buzzed podcast, the only place to be totes buzzed. Football beef! Disclaimer, the following is an opinion-based podcast. Hello and welcome to Football Beef. I'm your host Laura and this is the podcast that tries to squash the beef in football debates. However, this is our Premier League monthly, so we're just going to talk about Premier League football, talk about all the debates, which means relegation battle, the title fights and certain teams that are crumbling and actually in good form as well, because we like to be positive. I am joined by Daniel the Red Devil Jones. Good morning, good afternoon or good evening, wherever you're listening. I'm also joined by Tommy the Professor of Football Manager Pittman. Greetings. And I'm also joined by John, hit him for six, Squires. I like that, because that's like cricket and football combined. I like it. I thought you'd want to commemorate the nice Newcastle result. I approve. <laughs> cool. So, is everyone feeling good? Yes. I am feeling amazing. Yes. Excellent. So you know who might not be feeling amazing? <laughs> Arsenal. So we're going to get straight into topic one for this month because there is a big game coming up very shortly. It's Arsenal v Man City. It's basically the title fight in match form. Daniel, you you were against Arsenal for the title, then you were for Arsenal for the title. We're coming into the home stretch now. Is it Arsenal's? Is it Man City's? Is this match the decider or would this be irrelevant? I think you have to look at this match as the decider. Of course you do. Man City have just on an amazing run of form at the moment where Arsenal have started to stutter. Obviously, I think they've three points from the last three matches. All three matches, they would have fancied a win. I think that obviously they've had a, quite a bit of a hit with injuries as well recently. Yeah, I think obviously it is all boiling down to this match and what a match to have as well at this point of the season. I am starting to think though that yeah, it's probably going to go City's way. Tommy, Arsenal, Man City, how are you feeling? Is this can Arsenal beat Man City? And if they do, will that be enough? I mean, they they can beat Man City. Like I I don't think they will, and Man Man City are going to win the league now to to beat Man City to a league title. They either have to have a very bad season. Or you have to be like perfect, otherwise Man City are going to win win the league. Um, I think if Arsenal were going into it with like more of a gap now, especially Man City having a couple of games in hand, then you know if they were like seven eight points clear, then I'd be like still probably Arsenal. But the fact that they basically have to win this match, I would say, is I'd say it's massively in Man City's favour now, particularly at being at home. If it was back in. January, maybe February, this was being played. I'd be like, fair enough, still in Arsenal's hands, but with so few matches left, uh, Man City have got to be favourites now. Squeaky, do you concur with that, or you want to give some Arsenal fans who may be listening some hope? No, it's Man City's title. <laughs> no, Absolutely. no hope for you. I, I just don't aware that Arsenal are going to beat Man City at the Etihad, especially the way they've been defending recently with Man City's attack, like Haaland against that back four that played against Southampton. He'll have a field day, basically. And yeah. I, what I prefer, being very biased as a Newcastle fan, is for Arsenal to beat Man City at the Etihad and be like, oh, we're going to win the title. And then the Arsenal team roll into St. James's Park and we send them away with uh, a 6-1 win in Newcastle as well to end the title hopes. 
That's how I would like it, but... You just don't like North London teams, do you? I used to like Arsenal, and then Arteta started speaking, and now nice. I don't like him. That's so not me really against Spanish people, by the way. I just don't like Arteta. I that think fault. you have to look at it as well. Like, realistically, when is the last time Arsenal beat City in the league? I, I think they beat them in the FA Cup a couple of years ago, but I, I'm struggling to remember last time Arsenal beat Man City I in the league. I'm looking at this 2-0 2020 in the FA Cup. Their so, record yeah, but... against Arsenal is terrible. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, 21st of December, 2015, 2-1. I think no, something that has to be said as well, obviously we've, we did praise Arsenal pretty much most of the season. What they've done is fantastic. But I think it's also important to look at their entire season as a whole. You know, they recently crashed out of the Europa League a few weeks back now as of recording to sport in Lisbon in penalties. They were out of the FA Cup in January. They went out of the Carabao Cup was it the third round against Brighton? I remember Brighton done the job over them. So they haven't really played that many games. And I, I just wonder if a little bit too much credit is being given when you look at Man City. They're still in the FA Cup. They've gone on to the final, going to be facing Man, City, uh, Man United in the final. They're still fighting for the league. Looks like they could win that. And they're in the semi-finals of the Champions League due to play Real Madrid. So... They've been doing that with also a bit of a depleted squad as well. Man City haven't been at full force this season. Do you not think the resources and actual squad comes in? Because we always spoke about Arsenal's lack of depth. And then it's also the fact they have such a young squad. I think it was something, I don't know if I said it on the last one of these, that Arsenal's squad's quite young. And it'll be interesting to see how they handle the pressure sort of towards the back end of the season. I'm sure I remember saying that. I might not have said it on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I think it shows that like, like that, I think you've got to give Arsenal credit because they have got a young squad and to be sort of where they are, you know, like I still think, I can't remember what it was, I think I saw a stat that the, the number of points that Man City had this time last year is very similar, but obviously it just means Arsenal have been much closer. But when it comes to the running, the experience that Man City have got, you know, they're, they're fighting on the other fronts in the different cups, but they've got that experience in the squad, they've got they've got winners in that squad. When, when you get to March, you need to be 15 points clear of City. Oh, and they've given up. Otherwise, they're going to catch you. Um, yeah. Last season, Liverpool getting very close, but they they were coming from behind. Man City dropped some points in the running, but I can't remember when it was. Like, I saw like a picture. It was like Man City's run-ins over the last like five years. Like last season was like the first time they like dropped points in like multiple matches over the last like ten games. This is just what they do. Like unless you're ridiculously far away from them or they're having that catastrophic season, you have to be perfect and if that includes a match against them that was in your favor but Arsenal even if it's just these last three matches if they draw with Man City and then they win the rest of their, their games this season they're not going to win the league they have to win that game because Man City will just go nah it's fine whether it's experience or that winning mentality or whatever which I, I don't know if I buy into or Haaland or any yeah one of their world yeah yeah, you get that yeah. winning mentality from experience. So I think it's one of those things like the winning mentality. Does it exist? Does it not? But again, it, it comes down to experience. You know, they've got players there that have won major trophies either at Man City or at other places, or they've done they've done things at, at big clubs, apart from Jack Grealish. But people people who are there have done stuff which is big in football in in footballing terms, if that makes sense. So it's like it is a winning mentality, which if that does exist. But again, it's it's just experience at the end of the day. Like Arsenal have got a full team of internationals there, but they're not experienced internationals, I would say, compared to the likes of Man City's team. With that in mind, then, so would you say that it's still going to be considered a good season for Arsenal to be second? Or would it still be a missed opportunity? They'd be kicking themselves because they were all the season leading pretty much. 
if you said to Arsenal fans, you're going to finish second, like at the start of the season, they would obviously take that. But then I think for being at the top for so long, you've kind of got to look at it both ways. Like the start of the season, yes, it's a great season finishing second in the league because because you'd expect Man City with Haaland would run away with it. But when you look at it sort of, you know, maybe the start of last month, start of March, maybe, and sort yeah. of go, actually, it's probably it's probably been a bit of a disappointing season. As an Arsenal fan, it probably has been, but I still think for the club as a whole, it's probably been a successful season. And I don't buy into all this, you know, if if Arsenal bottle the, the league, Man, Man United have had a better season because... Didn't he recently? On his yeah, I just I don't yeah. I don't agree with stuff like that. I still think from where Arsenal were last year, you know, not even getting into the Champions League to finish in second, I think that's a great season. I do agree with that as well. But also, we we talk about the inexperience, but you also have to look at what Arsenal are building there. Obviously, I, I I think I was quite vocal at the start of the season about Gabriel Jesus. I don't particularly rate him. I think forty million was probably a bit too much to spend on him. I said he wouldn't score twenty goals this season. As it is, I don't think he's scored ten in the league. Obviously, you know, he's been injured and you've got to take that into consideration. But you've got to look at what they're building and the fact that they've got a bunch of young players who seem to be gelling really well together. You know, Aaron Ramsdale's done really well in goal. I think Ben White, phenomenal. I think, you know, Bukayo Zach has just been absolutely unreal. William Saliba looks like he is literally the heart of their defence at the moment. Oh, just um, on how he's been missed is probably yeah, the defence's ab- and that's kind of where I'm, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Odegaard has been phenomenal. Who else? Martinelli just out. I know, Martinelli's had a great season. But also, if you think about it as well, two, three years ago, you were look at, looking at players like Granite Xhaka going, well, he's probably a bit of a liability and stuff like that. Now, when he's not in the team, you actually really notice it. Like, they need a player like that. Sinchenko as well, French player at Man City, gone on to, to Arsenal and he's absolutely blown everyone away with what he's done there. So I think Arsenal would have to look at this season as a massive success. I think as well, yeah, a lot of people wrote them off um, probably going into the season. In fact, this season's been crazy. No one would have predicted this, the table looking like this. But if I was if an Arsenal fan, I would be pretty happy with what I'm seeing so far. Tommy, do you go with that? Because obviously being a Liverpool supporter, you've experienced being the team that's oh so close and achieved so many points and not got the title. Do you feel that Arsenal should be like, yeah, second, it's Man City. Set, we might have led, but it's a successful campaign. It's not a missed opportunity. If you'd offered Arsenal this at the start of the season, been like, you'll finish second to Man City and you're going to get like probably like 85 plus points. I think most fans have taken it. It's going to be a massive disappointment to be like this good for most of the season and then just like let it slip away. It depends what your definition of success is. If success is winning a trophy, then no, it's not. But you know, from where they were last season, finishing fifth, to now potentially finishing top of the league. And I think we're all talking like this because we think Man City will win the league. Or we're going like, if they only finish second, then they might still win the league. You never know. If they oh, I mean, if they win trophy, the league, definitely successful. If they finish second, like, um, then that's that's a massive success for the season. It's a good season, but a one that will be stained with disappointment. For If you get to like 50 points after like 19 matches or whatever it was, like... It's hard not to be disappointed to not win the league. How do Arsenal build upon this next season? I think if you're if you're an Arsenal fan, what are you looking for Arsenal to do? To they've got to either win a trophy and challenge for the title, or win the title, which I think is going to be very difficult to do. Because no, I mean I get that, but then you'd have to look into next season and think City are only going to come back stronger again. Well, everybody's gonna everybody's gonna spend money like to get closer. I know that Arsenal are very good this season. I'd be surprised if they did as well next season. 
season. Yeah, I Partly think the only way they're going to is by spending some money. Yeah, but also I think part of everybody else is going to spend money. I'm sure Arsenal will as well. But we've seen be... Mr. Libra in a few matches. I think they're going to, if they have more problems with injury next season, they're going to suffer for that, I think. Yeah, I think like looking looking ahead to next season, I think it'll be interesting how the players like mentally come back from this as well. Like if they've blown this league, this lead at the top of the league to finish second, a bit like when Newcastle blew a 12 point lead, you know, like people talk about that for a while. And obviously Newcastle started going a bit downhill after then, you know, like Keegan, Keegan left Newcastle, the entertainers was all disbanded and it kind of, you know, Newcastle, it went tits up for Newcastle. Obviously it's not going to be that, that big for Arsenal, but it'd be interesting to see how like the players come back from that mentally as well, because with it being a young, a young squad and then what players do you bring in to like that group of players who can sort of compliment them as well and maybe lift them on to that next that next level because obviously Arsenal's got a young team so you're going to bring in youngish players but you've got to bring in the players who've got the right experience as well I think otherwise you're just going to probably repeat the same thing again and again Sorry I was going to say there's definitely some truth to that because obviously I think well looking at Arsenal who they could sign and stuff I think the main cause of concern for me would be getting someone in who's a bit experienced maybe in the region of kind of 27, 26, 27, 28 that's had European experience but I would be looking at the back line as well because obviously said about Ben White and Saliba and you know people like that they are still so young and I think maybe a bit of experience in and around them could help them quite a lot. Before we move off Arsenal Man City it would be foolish of me not just to ask even though I feel I know where this is going straight up predictions for Arsenal Man City Daniel scoreline? I feel like Arsenal can going to completely capitulate at the back and I feel like it could be a 4-0 Man City win. Guayas? I think it'll be a bit like the was it the FA Cup game this season where it was like a cage, very cagey affair? I'm going to go. It was bordering on nothing really happened and it was yeah. them feeling each other out vibes. Yeah, I'm going to go 2 0, Haaland with both of them. And Tommy? 3 1 Man City. So comfortable. Repeat from February's match. Yep. Anyway, let's move on from that big match and scroll all the way down the table, all the way down to probably something that's. What about Chelsea? <laughs> We're going we're gonna to pass Chelsea on the way down. We're going to pass them. We're going far down this table. We're going all the way down. So the relegation bout, obviously it has been probably te- most teams I've ever seen in a Premier League bout in recent years. There's been no one officially down at this point. I mean, you look at the table, bottom of the leagues, can still survive, guys. So I, tell, I tell you what, just to stop you there, I am glad that like Newcastle have turned out good this season because I would not want to have been in that relegation battle like what I been would have been nervous yeah. I think anyone because you just feel even saying this like I think technically Wolves can still go down they are you know still in the bet and mathematically you feel they've got enough but like even the idea that you could just put now you could technically be sucked yeah. in and be waiting to the last day I, I always remember when John Carver took over at Newcastle and we were in 10th and we were in no danger of going down that season and we had to win the last game of the season to stay up yeah that that feels like it could happen again really I mean, yeah. I feel like everyone feels in danger, so it will come as less a surprise yeah. to them, but it's that energy. Yeah. But obviously, would say the teams in the relegation battle, Nottingham Forest, Southampton, Leicester, Everton, Leeds, and I think Wolves, Bournemouth, West Ham may have just sort of pretty much... Their Wolves, Bournemouth and West Ham, I pretty much feel safe, but they're like still in the mix, I think, officially. 4-0, and they got their games in hand, so I don't know how yeah. that works out now for West Ham. I feel it's, confident. It's weird, though, because like probably some of the teams, like West Ham, were sort of they were in the relegation zone a few weeks ago, weren't they? It's amazing what 
a couple of wins at the bottom can do. But then for teams like West Ham, you would think, well, a couple of wins and that should be enough because that should be the momentum because they're not going to probably drop that many points on the teams below them, you would expect. Yeah, it was also West Ham had that European distraction going on and you feel like stretching their little squad across it, but the game's in hand. It was always like they're there. Yeah, but then you sort of hope like a little bit like when Newcastle got to the the Carabao Cup final, the final became a distraction and it affected their league form. They had that little blip for probably that month after the after they got to the final. Will West Ham do the same if they make it to the Europa Conference, European mini league final, whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called. The European trip. <laughs> this is, yeah, this whatever way. it is. Like that's the, I think that's the only thing that probably affects West Ham there. If they do take their eye off the ball a little bit because they make it to the final of that competition. But I think, I think West Ham, to be honest, I think it's probably between probably just four or five teams now. So Forest, Southampton, Leicester, Everton, Leeds. Because I, yeah. I feel like saying Bournemouth are safe. I know they've just got hammered, but I think with the points on the board, you'd feel a bit more comfortable and Bournemouth have to play a couple around them. So a draw yeah. here and there. So like, it's fine. Unless Is everyone on that method that it's going to be one of the three out of Forest, Southampton, Leicester, Everton and Leeds? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think Leicester will probably stay safe. I do. I think uh, Southampton, Nottingham Forest are a shoe in the third one. I'm really torn between Leeds and Everton. Uh, I think it's it's funny, isn't it, though? Everton can't score, Leeds letting all the go. It's like two opposite ends of the problem. It's why they're dragged into it. I just think, sorry, Daniel, go on. I know, I was just going to say, it's really kind of disappointing because obviously if you look at the table as it lies at the moment, previous five games, uh, Chelsea is statistically the second worst team in the league uh, alongside Southampton, I want to say, who are actually bottom uh, over the last five games. I think it's two draws and three losses. Um, Only Nottingham Forest is beating that by having four losses and one draw. Um, so it's a bit of a shame because if Frankie could have got there a couple of weeks earlier, that might be we might be talking about Chelsea in this relegation battle. Yeah, that is unfortunate. I think I think the Everton one's weird because obviously they were in this position last year, and it was kind of I'm not going to say it was the home form that kept them up, but it was basically probably too, being too scared to lose at Goodison Park because of the fans going for them, which made them actually win games there. And I think the I think they beat us one nil late on in the season to help them stay up in the playoffs on Thursday at Goodison Park. So it's like, oh, there's there's your token one nil ninety fourth minute winner or something like that. Anthony uh, Gordon yeah. gives the ball away. Lovely. I think last well last year it was a guy who chained himself to the goalpost. Oh which yeah, that there was... was so much added time, and they scored in that added time to win the game. Are you trying to like, give the like, assist I, to the protester here? Well, <laughs> I think that's what a lot of people said. I think even the Everton fans are saying he's the be- he's the player of the match. <laughs> Tommy, any thoughts on the relegation battle? Are you writing off Forest Southampton or you got thoughts on whether it's Leicester, Everton or Leeds? I don't think Bournemouth are completely out of it. Like, I think, especially with the, the matches that they have left, like, and this, I think, is what's so good about it. A lot of these teams have to play like one or two of the other teams around them. Like, if Bournemouth lose a couple of those matches, they're like right back in it. Like, as in, probably potentially in the bottom three or like a point outside of it. I think Southampton will pull a probably like a little bit too far away now and don't know if they'll like get the points that they need to get out of it. I think they're the only one that I would say with any kind of certainty that they'll be fine. I think the rest of them, I don't know, they're just not great. It's just very difficult to like separate them all. I think, I think West Ham and Wolves will be fine. In the end, like I know they're only like a point or two ahead of like Bournemouth, but I just think with better players and maybe having some degree of momentum, like whether that's West Ham getting it from Europe or just getting it from the fact that okay, we've smashed Bournemouth away now, we're a bit more comfortable with like a good number of teams between us. But yeah, I don't know. My, my gut, I would go Southampton and then maybe Forest and Leeds. 
but uh, Forest has been terrible recently. I think it, I don't know how to call it. I can't remember if it was the last the last one of these. Or I've just said it in passing. But Forest in the last like three months have been absolutely awful. I they're thought look, they were getting out of it at one point, which says yeah. a lot that now we're looking then, at this now. Like by Forest, they've been on a horrendous run of form. But it's not going forward. They look threatening, but every time you attack them, you look like you're going to score. And like I've, I haven't seen the goals that Liverpool score, but I heard the second one was just absolutely horrendous defending. Oh, it was um, it was shocking. And like they were poor, they were pretty poor against us. They were poor against whoever they were last played on TV. They have found their bad form probably at the worst time, but their bad form is going on and on and on and I think that's the biggest problem you know like some teams have a little blip for about three or four games there's been There's going three on for or like four three, months yeah three or four months and it's been it's been bad so be who would you go as your final three because Tommy's put his neck on the line and gone Leeds is his final you Southampton Forest and Southampton Forest and Everton no I think um, well, I, I have said already Southampton Nottingham Forest but I think looking at it you've got to say Everton because looking at their running I think the only the only points that's actually open to them is their away match to Leicester which obviously Leicester won this weekend so they're really going to be fighting for their lives but I've you know I just absolutely can't see Everton beating Newcastle I can't see them beating Brighton they're not going to beat Man City Wolves are still fighting for their lives and are better on and off the pitch than Everton at the moment and Bournemouth as well I think those the Leicester the Wolves and the Bournemouth what we would call six pointer games I just I don't see I don't see Everton getting points there and they're obviously going to lose to Newcastle Brighton and Man City so for me Everton's going down but one quick question i actually have got for tommy if everton go down how do you feel as a liverpool fan i know obviously fans are going to be scratching their heads going what's he talking about is everton they you know liverpool fans hate everton but is there a little bit of that that you you still kind of want them in the premier league just to beat them every season or are you going to be all right if they go to the championship for a bit on the one hand it would be a little bit funny like if they get relegated yeah like i think there, there is something in it that it will be a bit weird not having those matches in the season um i'm sure the premier league are like please everton don't go down we want to market the Merseyside derby to shit yeah but of course i think that the funniness initially will outweigh anything else i think it would be next season it'd be like oh this is a bit weird there's no everton match or given their financial state if things deteriorate quite quickly then it becomes less funny yeah i think the other thing as well that's kind of funny is when you look at it like what was it 18 months ago everton had carlo ancelotti and a squad that was looked like it could actually compete for european football albeit europa league and it's just a case of how the mighty have fallen so quickly as well the most interesting that's going to come out of this is going to be how whichever three teams go down are actually affected and handle it because from the outside looking at it i would say other than probably Southampton, I think, just because of how they recruited last summer and probably Bournemouth, I feel like for the rest of them, it's, well, maybe not catastrophic for Leeds, maybe going a bit far, but I think definitely for Everton and Leicester. And I think for Forest, well, given their recruitment, it'll be pretty bad. I assume a lot of those players had some clauses in for relegation and like wage drops and things like that, but they spent a lot of money I assume the players were on relatively large wages you know it'd, be, it'd just be interesting to see yeah, how here, that goes here's Lingard yeah Lingard I think even if like some of these teams stay up as well it'll be interesting with the players that are there do they want to do they want to stay and sort of fight another relegation battle next season because you know like for, for Leicester you've got you know Madison Tielemans Barnes players like that. yeah like pl- players like that young lad at, is it left back or right back Thomas or whatever you call him Luke Thomas Luke Thomas that's the one yeah so you've got like you know there's players there that can get that could get a move to a to another club so even teams like that who don't go down could still be
be affected later on because you know Telemans can leave on a free. I think at the end of this season, yep. Madison's yeah. been linked yeah. with Telemans contract is up. I think, but I think this is this is why they need to stay up because these teams need to be able to get the most money they can for those players. Yeah, if Leicester go down, everybody knows that you know they've not really been able to sign that many players because they haven't sold somebody for like eighty million, and you know the purse strings are tightened. So you're yeah. not going to get 40, 50 million for Madison if you're in the championship because they'll go, well, we know you need the money. Yeah, it'll be the same with Ward Prowse for Southampton as well. Like, yeah. 20 million, he's probably anyone's if they go down, which isn't a bad thing. I'd take him for 20 million. I mean, is it the same with Everton as well? Because Everton, are, they have FFP restrictions all, on them already, don't they? And well, it's they not the same because Everton don't have anyone. I was gonna, that was going to say, because I'm looking at it now because normally your goal scorers and I'm looking at no Premier League team has scored fewer than Everton. Ever- Everton are in a much worse position just because of their finances in general, but also the fact that whether they go up or stay down like who are they really going to get a lot of money for like if they go down I assume somebody will buy Jordan Pickford he's, he's the only one I generally don't think there's anyone I, I assume that somebody team. would maybe I'd, want to take a punt on Calvert-Lewin I'd take a punt on Damari Gray about six games in the last six months how yeah. much are you really going to get for him you're not going like to take a punt on Damari Gray because I mean he was cheap for them originally and they only paid 1.5 so I assume you could probably get a decent issue he's not, he's not the kind of player that somebody's going to go oh Damari Gray oh no there's not be 30 on million I'm just, I'm just trying to sell go, players at this point he'd go, he'd go to the likes of Burnley or Sheffield United probably that's yeah, where I think he'd go to there's no one in there who you would go right he's worth 50 million we're going to cash in like even Pickford's not worth that oh no especially when I reckon reckon they'll get 40 or 50 million for Pickford if they sell him do you think I don't think anyone would pay for that I I don't I think they pay 30 million for him somebody will pay that he's an English goalkeeper he's England's number somebody will pay Tottenham yeah but like how much how much did you just say Tottenham suddenly I could have said Tottenham as well so take your pick yeah but I think like how much was Ramsdale to Arsenal he wasn't that expensive was he we paid we paid 10 for, for Pobinho. So it's like, is Pickford really worth that much more than either of them? From a Especially team that's... another relegation probably, on his... Yeah, that's what I mean, from a team that's probably going to get relegated as well or finish fourth bottom. I personally don't see it. I don't, I don't really rate Pickford that highly, to be honest. I, there, there is a major part of me that's kind of wanting him to bore off to the championship for a year. England Pickford, I'd take. <laughs> England Pickford, maybe. But I think, you know, I don't think you're going to get big money for him considering he's not that highly rated in the Premier League. He's 29. I think you probably I, I think you'd be quite happy to take 20 million for him I don't know what his wages are like I'd imagine he's on probably quite high wages for he just signed a new contract didn't he in extension yeah, when they look like probably, he's probably on quite high wages because it is Everton so he's probably on like 150,000 yeah I don't know it's uh, it's one of those I, I just can't see John Pitt for being that expensive you're probably paying a little bit for a Wobie no I no. think he, he offers the, something the, the, the only two players that they can sell for like real proper value are Jordan Pickford and Calvert-Lewin I think there's limits to both of those. I think but you might get a bit reason. of money for Onana. Onana, Onana yeah. Onana. Yeah. yeah, somebody will pay yeah. like 40 million for him. Yeah, but apart from that, <laughs> you know, do, do you know <laughs> what it is actually? We've, al- we've already been linked with them, but we're, we're linked with everyone. If we signed every player we, we were linked with, we'd have, like, we'd have six clubs. We'd have to send them all off on loan to Sunderland and make them into like Newcastle United version two. You like Chelsea, you have too many players that have to sit in the corridors rather than the changing room. And that worked out so well for Chelsea. Why would you not want to copy that model? Yeah, good point actually yeah let's just sign everyone Madison so, Tielemans Harvey Barnes you all come from Leicester you can have that part of the change room over on the left hand side in fairness didn't Liverpool used to get told that they do good dealings picking off relegation teams this is a good season to pick off uh, players from relegation teams in fairness I say this just based on I remember it was Andy Robertson 
of someone else that you... No one's being linked with Deli Ali. He's at Everton. He's yeah. not going to go play in the championship, we, is he? We, we wanted him before he went to Everton. That was the worst <laughs> part. Really? Oh, God, I, I, I would like to see Deli Ali in the championship, but then also at the same time, I still don't know if that would fix the Deli Ali problem, but that'd probably be a whole podcast in itself. If anything, that would be a football beef, Deli Ali, at this point. Shall we uh, move from the negative relegation into something really positive and talk about Aston Villa's European dream and how Unai Emery really wants to be reunited with that Europa League no matter what it takes if it was possible I reckon like still as in possible as in still possible as in how the competition works I reckon he would tank a Champions League qualifier just to get into the Europa League <laughs> yeah probably you think it's, it's in it's his contract weird. that he has to yeah, be they don't like the group stage match for Champions League but like, right lads a win gets us through anything else we're down in the Europa League anything else and play your best. I think you have to really, you know, give some credit towards Aston Villa. They have been playing absolutely phenomenal lately. One of the best sides in the league. And they've been quite good to watch as well. I think it was their match against Newcastle, I want to say, the other week. It, was it Newcastle? 3-0. They absolutely took us apart last week. Probably the best team that I've seen play Newcastle this season. Like, that's taken away, like, United, City, Liverpool. Like, yeah. They were the best team I've seen play against Newcastle. We, but... we did the double over you, mate. I don't know what yeah, you're and you were, and you were shitting both games as well. But Villa were brilliant. Like, from minute one to minute 90, the, they basically did to us what we've been doing to other teams this season but they were just yeah. they were so good it was ridiculous it was ridiculous how good they were yeah and of course everyone's been singing Rashford's praises all season long especially after the World Cup oh he's amazing he's scored this many goals yeah yeah but then obviously you got to look at Ollie Watkins as well just yeah we have Watkins for England I justice for Watkins you know I used to think he was just some I never rated him when he first went oh, to Villa he's I turned you... into a proper like a poacher as well like he's, added he's been that told to, to be hasn't he because that yeah. he was talking about Emery and what you know what the difference is between Emery and Gerard. And he didn't name Gerald, but obviously he said um, he used to be doing the workload, you know, go out to the wing, get the ball. But with Emery, he's like, stay on the shoulder, make that run, look for that pass. And he's actually running less, but scoring, like, it's made him a striker. Like, he he's being utilised properly. He ran our defence absolutely ragged last last week. Like, obviously, the, the best defence in the league. And he tormented Shah and Botman for, for night, well, however long he was on the pitch. Yeah, was... Shah was an embarrassment, to be fair. Botman looked like the... he got beaten up by him. Shah just looked terrified. Well, the whole, the whole team were terrible. But yeah, the, Villa played really well. Watkins had a brilliant game. Buendia in the middle as well. He's looked good since Emery's come in. Because I was kind of, I think a lot of Villa fans, when they signed him from Norwich as well, were a bit like, well, you know, he's, he seems or he seems okay. But he's not. He's not the best. He's obviously. He's been not Grealish. Was a lot of the thing. Yeah, as well. that was what I was seeing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think not sort of, I think probably under Villa's revival under Emery started to look a lot more like the player that they probably thought they were signing. Well, should have been signing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he's basically what they were promised instead of what they got for a little bit. Where you're yeah. like, is this is this the guy that everyone said would be our yeah. new creative and like, player? And Tyrone Mings as well. You know, he's. I, I've never can't rated, believe I that transformation. I've, I've never ever rated him. I still don't rate him now, but. Again, he's been outstanding in that back four since Emery's come in, which probably shows how good of a coach Emery is as well, because, you know, that this is exactly the same team that were playing under Gerrard, but weren't doing anything. And to think Newcastle could have had Unai Emery as their manager. Yeah, but we're in third, so I don't care. Villa have played more games than 
I think most of the top one, seven or eight, I think. Brighton and Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. I think Villa have played the same amount of games as Spurs, which is not statistically correct because they both, it says they both played 32, but Spurs did not fucking play today. Spurs did not turn up to today's game. They did not play today. So now we've talked about Villa's European hopes. We're going to have to just go slightly above them. The Champions League race, obviously, we should reference the fact Spurs, Man United crumble. Does anyone have any faith? I feel like I'm just going to ask Squiggy. Newcastle Champions League feels like it's a shoe in now. I feel like you've already referenced this and do we feel Tottenham are now going to miss out potentially I, I, I don't think it's a shoo-in there's still seven games left to play you know we've, we've still got to play Brighton and we're playing a lot of the teams down the bottom who are fighting to stay in the league as well so it's not a shoo-in are we in the driving seat yes but do you feel confident no, because I'm a Newcastle fan no I just I just don't I just feel like we've only lost four games this season I'm like right to make it more of a normal Newcastle United season actually would normally lose about 15 games but that's not the point but I don't know like I, I want to say yes but I'm also like nervous now but I think today's today's win sort of helped that a lot and obviously we'll have a game in hand which is against Brighton but you know it's Brighton Brighton are playing some good football as well so it's not exactly a, a guaranteed three points there but I think if we beat Brighton like our game in hand I think it's kind of all but, but certain that we're qualifying for the Champions League okay so let me just sum this up because this would be very brief your top four Daniel I'm going Man City Arsenal then who are your third fourth oh, I'm going Man City Arsenal Man United, Newcastle. I think United will still, uh, Man United will still pip third, but massive credit to Newcastle for what they've done this season. Absolutely incredible. So, Squiggy, who's already feeling nervous? I, I think I'd go with the same. I think uh, Man U and Newcastle will be three and four, but it also could swap around just depending on how results go the last couple of games of the season. But I think it'll be Man U third. Tommy, are you concluding with that, that, you know, Tottenham are a little bit yeah, out of it now? Uh, back, back in like January or February, I thought the top four as it was then, which was what it is now is going to be how it ended at the end of the season I don't see anybody outside of the top four getting enough points and the people in the top four dropping enough points for it to like massively change up now is what it'll be at the end of the season third and fourth I don't know which way it's going to go I'd probably say Man United third Newcastle fourth but could go either way fair enough I feel like we've discussed all the hot topics and we've managed to get through this with the minimal amount of Chelsea digs even though they weren't on the agenda and yet there still seem to be some digs in at Chelsea uh-huh. we Anyway, we've been the Football Beef Podcast. We've done the Premier League, so come back next month and we'll be probably talking about the sum up we're talking. We've also got special episodes coming and a new season coming soon. I promised that last time, but it is 100% coming soon. Just working out the final details. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and follow us on Twitter at FuzzedFootball. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Football Beef! Not heard the latest about pooping Prime Ministers? What podcast have you been listening to? Because it definitely isn't the Totally Buzz podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and totallybuzz.co.uk. So what are you waiting for? Tune in now to hear all the latest news from around the web on the Totally Buzz podcast, the only place to be totes buzzed.